Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Natalie, I'm excited. We're starting Not a Regular Mom, Cool Moms of TV today. Cool your jets. <laughs> that sounded very uncool. I know. You say cool your jets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the cool one now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we get started, okay. we'll do what we always do. Let's talk about what we're fangirling over this week. Okay. I have a legitimate fangirl fangirling moment. This is really good. So if you guys follow us on Instagram, um, which is Fangirl Friday's podcast on Instagram, you may have already seen this, but I'm not yet recovered. So last week, news broke that Tina Fey's new produced pilot— for NBC. For NBC, yes. A new comedy um, is going to be starring Casey Wilson and Busy Phillips as the Sackett sisters. And we knew that Busy Phillips was already cast in it. They'd announced that maybe a couple weeks yeah. before because um, it's, you know, it's pilot season. They're starting to film all the pilots. All this stuff will then be decided. And again, it's not decided that this is going to be a television show. It will be. I though. hope Come so. On. I mean, everyone lost their goddamn minds about it. It was amazing. But so then they announced that Casey Wilson is going to be the other sister. And I just like melted down. So we like put it on our Instagram, put it on our Twitter. Busy liked the tweet. Which so we're basically best we're friends. Basically best friends. I'm not kidding. I was like almost crying. And then she said on like her Snapchat or I don't remember what she said that she basically like secreted this to come to fruition, which is something that I say all the time too. I'm like, we're just secreting our life. We're just putting it out there. I guess she really wanted to do the pilot with Casey. And I was just like, this is my it's dream all team for her. But if you like look, so they both posted things about it on their Instagrams. And like everyone who's anyone liked it. Like Mindy Kaling's like it. Tracy Ellis Ross is like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Like everyone is freaking out about this show. And I was just like, guys, these are mine. These are my, these are my people. I'm also excited for Hashtag another potential show. Ooh. Um, it's produced by Amy Poehler, but it's for ABC. Mm-hmm. But it's going to star Mary Holland. Oh, yes. Who Some we saw. of you might not know who she is. We She's, saw her. She performs at UCB all the time. Mm-hmm. She's in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Yep. She was on New Girl she was recently. On a new, yep, new episode of New but Girl. But also Carol Burnett's going to be in it. So I'm very interested to see what that's about. Bringing this full circle, it wasn't Carol Burnett the person that Busy Phillips saw on the plane and started to cry? Yes. And I was like, well. We're best friends. She's a fangirl, I guess. She doesn't know. She will be on our show someday. It's fine. We'll get there. Um, Anyway, so I'm still not recovered from it, but I'm so excited. I can't handle it. We got to figure a way to like get on this set or something. I'm quitting my job (laughs) and going to work for that show and stalking these people full time. Um, What are you fangirling over this week? Um, it's something you're fangirling over too, but Ooh. I stole it from you. Oh, okay. So, cool. Cool. so I think you know what it is. No big deal. A Santa Clarita diet. So on Netflix, starring our love. Drew Barrymore. Yes. Our other love. Our other, I mean, we have some loves, but here was my thing about Santa Clarita diet. We watched the first episode together. While eating lunch. While eating lunch, which I do not recommend if you're going to do it. Um, it's gross. Like, Excessively gross, which you like. Yeah, I loved that part of it. I hated, and I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I was like, this is icky. And then what's funny is I was, I loved the show, yes. but I was like, you know, this could be grosser. And you, 
you were like, this is great. It didn't get too gross. Yes. So it, was, it found a ba- happy balance for us. Yeah, it was a, a good, yeah. I then, like, watched all of it on a plane afterwards. I was like, I'm going to give it another chance. I love my girl. And I got real into it. By the way, a real weird show to watch on a plane. And don't you hate watching shows on a plane? Yeah. Especially ones you haven't seen. I was watching the the first episode of The OA uh-huh. on my flight back here. Ooh, that just reminded me. And I downloaded like a it. a teenage sex scene. And I was like, oh, my God. Who's watching <laughs> You're me like watch this right your now? iPad. I know. I'm, like, just leaning it towards me, waiting for it to be over. Yeah. It, uh, it's It's... It's very funny. It's so over the top that it, like, ends up being great. Um, but if you're not—if you're a little squeamish, if you're a little—if you don't like a—you're uh, staring a at me. <laughs> I was going to say, you're staring at me like you're a wimp. Um, but way to just yeah. throw out the pussy word right there. Um, it is—there's it, blood. There's guts. There's some unbelievable— there's vomit. There's a lot of vomit. Um, but it's super funny, yeah. despite all of that. Oh, and Did can you just I raise just, your hand? Yes, yeah. Natalie. How can, can I, I just you? say what I'm not fangirling yeah, over this uh-huh. week? I'm upset about this as well. You guys, Wendy's is getting rid of their spicy nuggets. I'm, I know I talk about fast food a lot, but just this is an outrage. I wonder, we need to take a photo of just you so people know you don't weigh 400 pounds. Like, Natalie's a tiny person, guys. <laughs> Yet you talk about fast food and consume I'm sure it, I'm dying on the inside. I mean— well, Maybe for a multitude of reasons, yeah. Um, but who goes to Wendy's for anything other than spicy nuggets? And then their PR people had the nerve to be like, well, we still have the spicy sandwich. I don't yeah, want that. get that. I don't want that bread. Supposedly they are in select cities, so I need to call my local <laughs> Wendy's to find out before next time I'm in the drive-thru. Oh, my God. That would be devastating. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't think I can go back to regular now. Can we put that on the podcast, your phone call with the manager at the Wendy's yes. on Sunset and yeah. La Brea? That would be great. Um, okay. Are you fangirling or not fangirling over anything okay. else? I mean, I could go on, but I'll stop. Okay. So um, so now? Now we now. can? Okay. Now. Yes, now. Let's do it. My father is a doctor who often stays out late into the night taking care of the sick and the wounded. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, who sits huddled on a kitchen chair waiting for him to come home and ready with hot milk? Mother. She is the strength of our nation, our community, and our family. The most beautiful word in the English language. Mother. Hot milk? So gross. Also... It's a lot. <laughs> that that is a lot. Yeah, I mean, she really, she really laid it on exaggerated thick, there. So, I, but I do feel like that clip from the Donna Reed show does a really good job of kind of setting the stage for what it meant to be a mom on TV in the fifties and sixties. An impossibly high standard, <laughs> you think? Um, but there was no one that was like more of an impossibly high standard of motherhood than Donna Reed. Um, So actually her character on the show was Donna Stone. Um, And this show ran from 1958 to 1966. She was perfect. Her family was perfect. There was a lot of perfect happening. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like the show told women, like, this is what you need to be. Mm -hmm. This is what you should aspire to be. And that's just crazy. Yeah, it's really—it's weird for a couple of reasons. Like, one, so, you know, the show, the Donna Reed show, is running from, uh, what did I say, 58 to 66. And I think, like, when I think of, you know, the mid to starting moving into the late 60s, you're starting to feel like— 
you know, Vietnam and like there's all these political assassinations and there's a lot of turmoil and tumult going on culturally, none of which is being (laughs) reflected on the show. Um, So that's one. But number two, I kind of wonder how many people were actually seeing it in general. So this is crazy. I'm going to pull out some facts for you. I got a fact, too. Let's see if we have the same facts. So many facts. So in 1945, there were less than 10,000 total televisions in the United States. So not enough. Got it. Clearly. It's like the amount we have in our office right now. (laughs) Um, But then so by 1950, there were 6 million. And then by 1960, the number was 60 million. So like at the start of the show, very few households actually had a television in the United States. It's kind of just like crazy to think. It wasn't even that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. What's your fact? Uh, oh, I was just going to say that the Donna Reed show was the first sitcom to feature the mother as the focal point of the show. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, so television really, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit more. So it's 1958. Television has a medium like a recurring broadcast medium has really only kind of been a thing for 10 years. So it's not like there were hundreds of thousands of shows and this yeah. was the first one. But still, and also Donna Reed herself, um, she produced this show. Um, so like she was the head of the production company, which was kind of like a huge deal. Um, but basically, you know, she's setting the stage. She's incredibly like prim and proper and just very, very wholesome. Um, much like I feel like kind of one of our other favorite 1950s TV moms, which is June Cleaver. Speaking of June, Mm -hmm. she's become a proper noun. Basically. Yeah. I think even now it's like, even if you're probably like 20 years old, if someone's like, oh my gosh, that's like such a, your mom's so June Cleaver or whatever, you still have kind of an idea. And you're slightly insulted. Slightly insulted, but also like (laughs) if my mom was June Cleaver, which she definitely wasn't, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Love you, Mom. Um, I think that means, like, your mom was very—like, she made you cookies, and she was, like, a stay-at-home mom, and, like, your house was always clean, and kind of all your stuff was, like, very much in order, and your mom was very much in order. Like, so June Cleaver, so she's the mom on Leave It to Beaver, which ran from 1957 to 63. So these shows, The Donna Reed Show and Leave It to Beaver actually crossed over. Um, sure. She was always doing chores in heels and pearls as we do, as we do. But Barbara Billingsley, who plays June Cleaver, pearls were actually her personal trademark. Yes. Do, Natalie, do you know why? <laughs> no, because <laughs> they were to con- I'm copy and paste this conceal a big hollow in her neck as she confessed in, in an interview. What? Like she a had tracheotomy? A small, <laughs> she had a small indentation just above her sternum that she didn't think photographed well. I like thinking now that Cleaver <laughs> had a tracheotomy and had to be one of those people that like had to touch her hole so she could she just covered it with pearls. <laughs> she just covered it with pearls. Um, yeah, so she actually infused that into her character, which then became it's iconic. For, like, a 50s house mom. Incredibly iconic. Um, But what I thought was interesting, too, about Leave it to Beaver, it actually originally aired for the first season on CBS and did not do well at all. So they canceled it. And then ABC picked it up immediately and began airing it for the next five seasons, and it was, like, this huge hit. Um, Mm, That makes me judge the ABC viewers slightly. 
Well, there were only three networks. <laughs> <laughs> it was NBC, CBS, and ABC. Okay. I mean, I wa- did you watch a lot of Leave it to Beaver as a kid? No. Really? I would watch— No, and watching a clip that we have picked out, um, I see why I did not watch it. Well, okay, we'll talk about that in a second. But I did watch a lot of Leave it to Beaver. I watched a lot of, like, Nick at Night and when I Me was too. a kid— because there was like, I don't, I don't really remember the programming. You just got so excited. What? Because <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> did, when you watched Nick at Night, do you remember all of those Happy Days promos yeah. that had like the sit on it song? Yes. I am obsessed with those still. <laughs> and those songs get in my head. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I, when, as a kid, thought that Happy Days actually was on in the 50s and 60s. Like, I didn't know that it was, you know, a show that was on in the 80s and that they like, you know, it was just a period yeah. piece. But so I watched a lot of that stuff. So I've actually seen a lot of like Patty Duke, Leave it to Beaver, some Donna Reed because I was also on Nick at Night. But I saw a ton of like the Dick Van Dyke show, which we'll talk about in a second. But here's my thing about June. I feel like you're going to shit on this clip a little bit. But not on June, though. Not on June. Right. But so, you know, with Donna Reed, with June Cleaver, I think you said it best. Like these shows were telling women what they should aspire to be. Like, here's the model. Here's what you should be, um, you know, looking up to, or here's, you know, here's how you should be running your household. Not very representational of what was actually going on. And I think June actually feels that way too. Yeah, she knows what's up. Yeah, let me play this clip and then we'll talk about it. Girls are kind of lucky, don't they, Mom? Why do you say that? Well, they don't have to be smart. They don't have to get jobs or anything. All they got to do is get married. Well, Beaver, being smart isn't exactly a drawback to marriage. Well, if they don't get married, they can become dressmakers or cut people's nails in a barber shop or take care of kids and a lot of other dumb stuff. Well, Beaver, today girls can be doctors and lawyers, too, you know. They're just as ambitious as boys are. You mean there's no dumb people left in the world, Mom? <laughs> Hey, Beave, go to hell. (laughs) Your name is Beaver. Let's start right there. Um, Here's my thing about June in this clip. First of all, she has a really great voice. Yeah. You just said that. Uh, Would be great to, like, hear a bedtime story from her. 100%. But, okay, so she's this very stereotypical, very put together. In this clip, she's actually, like, polishing the silver, like, the most... (laughs) Stereotypical housewife chore. First of all, she has silver. Second of all, she's Good polishing it. Good for her. Things are going well in the Cleaver household. But what I think she's actually saying, she's telling Beaver, first of all, you're being an idiot. Like in the nicest way possible. The nicest way possible. If I were Beaver's mom, I'd smack that kid. It'd be really amazing to see like Roseanne do this the same yes. clip, the same situation. Um, but what she's saying is that like girls today can be whatever they want. You know, so this is probably, you know, mid-60s, whatever. But she's but saying— But it's like, it's too late for me. It's too late for her. So it's actually both kind of hopeful in a lot of ways because it's like, all right, son, you're misguided and dumb. You're worthless. But it's Beaver. not— <laughs> Worthless. But it's not going to change for me. Like, it, that moment has passed her by a little bit. She's very sort but of resigned. if Beaver were a good son, he'd be like— AJ, nothing but a number, Mom. You still have time. Yeah, so that's like a very modern way of thinking. We're talking about it's a kid. It's for my reboot that I'm working on. <laughs> We're talking about a kid whose name is Beaver. So I don't feel like we have a lot. We can't give him a lot of credit. 
But so essentially, like, you know, most moms in the 50s were kind of just this, like, picture-perfect, calm, caring housewife. But then there's Lucy, and Lucille Ball (laughs) is a mess. A mess. I mean, to be fair, she's not— her show isn't I'm the mom. She becomes 100%. a mom, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important. Yes. So I Love Lucy, for you guys that don't know, um, it's really kind of one of the first television shows. It ran from 1951 to 1957. Very similarly to Donna Reed, Lucy and her husband at the time, Desi Arnaz, who are on the show together, they created Desi Lou, which was a production company. And she was the first woman to be the president of a production company. I have a lot of like Lucy stories Me and I've too. kind of gotten down a rabbit hole about Lucy. But my the thing that I think is the most fascinating is that Lucy was the first person to be pregnant on TV. You mean expecting? Expecting, that's right. Yeah, they actually never used the word pregnant, right? They always yeah, say they weren't like, allowed to say it. Actually, um, when they were filming episodes when she was pregnant, mm-hmm. Desi hired a priest, a minister, and a rabbi to sit on set to, Sounds like to a bad joke. Like, judge. No, <laughs> it does. <laughs> to, to judge whether or not, like, the things they were doing, like— were like objectable or like yeah are you serious very serious wow I had no idea about that um so she's the first person to be expecting on television also she was 41 when I love Lucy started that blows my mind really yeah do they talk about that on the show like that's kind of old particularly in 19 so Ricky the the baby that comes out of her expectant mother baby that comes out of her (laughs) yeah expectant mother status he's born in season two so that's like 1952 The thing that I like about Lucy as a mom on television is that Ricky's kind of like a part of the show, but he's not the center of Lucy's universe. You barely see him. Like we were looking at the IMDb of like when he appears. It's like every sixth episode. But it was it was a huge deal. Some stuff I was reading, like forty four million viewers tuned in to watch Lucy like during the time she was having little Ricky, and that's for the time of like US homes with TVs. That was 72% of U.S. homes with TVs. Yeah, wasn't there some crazy stat that that was like more people than watched Eisenhower's inauguration? (laughs) Like the night that Lucy had the baby was like the highest rated night of television ever. And like historical moment, um, the first reruns were because of this, because she had the baby and wanted to rest. So they re-aired a couple from season one. I did not know that. That was a great fangirl fact. I know. Also, I Love Lucy has never been out of syndication since it started rerunning. Should I watch I Love Lucy again? I think we should watch all of it. It's actually, when we were watching all the clips, it's super funny. The interesting thing about I Love Lucy, although it predates both the Donna Reed show and Leave it to Beaver, because we don't meet Lucy as a mom, it feels to me a lot more modern. You don't think of her as a mom. No. Either. And which like is like June Cleaver is a mom. 100%. And like Donna Reed was a mom. Um, but yeah, so, based on that poem or essay, yeah. whatever that was. But, like, whatever that, very much. But I mean, like, where we kind of meet Lucy, she's a little bit like this. Certainly am. From the time our child is born, it's not going to hear anything but perfect English. Well, honey, it's a very nice thought, but as usual, you will have no logical explanation for doing it the way you're doing it. What did you say? You heard what I said. 
As usual, there's no logical explanation for doing it the way you're doing it. Ricky, promise me something. What? Promise me that until our child is at least 19 or 20 years old, you won't talk to it. <laughs> so... The thing about Lucy, like, yes, she's talking about being a mom in this. By the way, they're sitting on their twin beds. So how did that baby get made? Um, but she's she's sassy. She's funny. And she, like, kind of, like, doesn't give a fuck. Like, before that was a thing. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I just like, I like how messy she is. Um, I appreciate it, particularly in the context of kind of, like, what every other mom on television. During that time. Yeah. yeah. So, like, moms in the 50s. Maybe sans Lucy. Uh, you know, we're mostly seen as kind of the care t- the caregiver. But they really weren't the ones in control, right? It was still a lot of, like, wait till your father gets home kind of thing. Like, they kept everything yeah. in order, but they were not the hammer. Um, so we're what, <laughs> what were TV moms in the 60s like? Well, first of all— they wore pants. <laughs> Tides were shifting. Uh, moms <laughs> were starting to be more fun. Mm-hmm. They had like personalities, and they were like more of a. They were they had relationships. Yeah, they had. <laughs> despite the twin beds, which still persisted into the sixties, <laughs> um, they it was like more of a dynamic with the mother and the father, and like with their kids. A little more true to an actual. Yes. Mother, father. Situation. Yeah, for sure. So they were no longer just the caretakers. Like we still see in the 60s, almost all, pretty much all of the moms are stay at home moms still, but they're, that's not just like their entire thing. So one of my favorite moms who, same thing like Lucy, wasn't a mom when we met her, she becomes a mom on the show, is Laura Petrie from The Dick Van Dyke Show, which is Mary Tyler Moore. Which is so hard for me to talk about because I think I of Mary Tyler Moore, the show, yes. where she's so independent. Yes. Which not the, having kids. Yes. Working girl. Yeah. So I was reading. There are a couple, I have a couple of fun things about this. So when I was going through just kind of refreshing my memory on the Dick Van Dyke show, um, the byline or, or part of the information was, as a 17-year-old dancer in the USL, she meets and marries Rob. Then she becomes a stay-at-home mom. 17? 17? First of all, why are you a dancer in the USL? Like, did you run away from home? Like, is this the modern-day circus? Like, yes. I was so fascinated. That's a show I would watch. I, obviously. Um, and when I think she—it was very groundbreaking that she wore pants— that's what I made note of. Trademark capri pants, and censors did not like it. 100% hated it. I love it. a good capri pant. Me too. And she was she was always wearing those, like, they're kind of like like tuxedo pants. Like, you can tell they're like a satin. They're very Audrey Hepburn and Funny Face. 100%. Yes. But my, and she dances like Audrey Hepburn and Funny Face too. Yeah. It's that great. was going to be what I was going to say. My favorite thing about the Dick Van Dyke show when I would watch it as a kid on Nick at Night is they would always be singing and dancing. Like, very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very similar to my parents. Um, but they would always have these cool parties and, you know, Laura would, like, get out there. It was very, like— um, They were very social. Very social. They were always dancing, always singing. It was super, super fun. Um, but so then they have Richie, and that's what makes her a mom. My favorite part about Richie is Richie's name. And so Richie is actually Richard Rosebud Petrie. Petrie? Petrie. Petrie? 
I can't, Petri? <laughs> anyway, Robin Laura's son, his middle name is an acronym for Robert, Oscar, Sam, Edward, Benjamin, Ulysses, David. All names that were suggested in the episode, what's in a middle name? Like, so creative. I know, but his middle name is Rosebud, <laughs> which, like, right there, like, that's not happening in the 50s. Like, I feel like motherhood was taken very seriously. Like, they obviously have a sense of humor yeah. about their child. It wasn't like today's Los Angeles mom where Rosebud would be a first, first name. name. Totally. Um, but so I really—she's, like, a good transition from kind of, like, 50s 60s. She's obviously very young, very youthful, very pretty, you know, caregiver, stay-at-home mom, but she's much livelier and has a personality. What I don't understand about the 60s in television is there was this weird boom of, like, supernatural moms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, they just decided, yeah, let's just have monsters and witches be moms all of a sudden. Like, everyone. So you have, like, Lily Munster, Morticia Adams, Samantha Samantha Stevens. Stevens. I'm bewitched. Uh, my mother, the car. <laughs> you have just been wanting to talk about my mother, the car. Yeah, this was this all, whole time. This was my plan. But my mother, the car, I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. until a few days ago. Right. But it's about a mother who died and, like, I don't know, has a second life. Yeah. It's reincarnated into her son's car. And the theme song is very long. Maybe we can stitch it in. Everybody knows in the second life we all come back sooner or later As anything from a pussy cat to a man-eating alligator Well, you all may think my story is more fiction than it's fact But believe it or not, my mother did Decided she'd come back as a car Very long. Guys, um, check it out. It's real. Very real. But I think you bring up a good point. So we talk about, you know, like moms now are fun. So between like Lily Munster and Morticia Adams, like they were actually characters. Like they were witches. I don't know. It's very weird. Morticia is just, like, goth. Yeah. Super glamorous. And then Lily Munster, before she got married, her maiden name was Dracula. Mm-hmm. So she's so a vampire. She's a vampire. But so they're sup- they're both super glamorous. But I think the most defining and, like, raciest uh, kind of characteristic of Morticia Adams is that she was super sexual. Yeah. <laughs> I do think our guests are charming, don't you? Yes, especially the one with the scar. Reminds me of Rupert Sticks. Oh. He's the same beautiful, beady eyes. I thought we had agreed, Morticia, never to mention the name of Rupert Sticks again. Oh, Miss Darling, you're not still jealous. You were engaged to him. Oh, well, I was just a silly young girl then. I was fascinated by his long fingernails and... And the way his lip curled when he smiled. He was a handsome devil. (laughs) Morticia, please, never mention his name again. I promise. Bubble. Carita mia. When we're together, darling, every night is Halloween. 
didn't you say like that they there was it like yeah, you never see them kiss on the lips, but Gomez always like kisses up her arms. Yeah. And like that was a whole thing that they really wanted to do was just make the show more scandalous. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't like it. And um the pilot for the Munsters actually had a different actress. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who it was, uh-huh. but she was too similar to Morticia, so they switched it out. Because, okay. in case you didn't know, they aired not only the same year in 64, but the same month. Right. So they're very similar. One's on CBS, one's ABC. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and competing against each other. That is kind of strange, but it is fun to see them, these witches slash vampires slash just kind of weird gothic people, um, in this kind of sea of what was very, your favorite word, milk toast, um, <laughs> which is a thing. It is a thing. Previous to, you know, to this. And now it's like you get wild, wacky, zany moms. Like they're still stay-at-home moms. Like they're not working outside of the home. I'm kind of obsessed with Adam's Family, I think. I watched the pilot yesterday. The pilot for the Adam's Family? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, I loved it. Um, we should post those photos that you found of what the actual Adams Family set looked Ugh, like. In color. It's my dream home. Yeah. it. Uh, so, I mean, you know, all television was in, is in black and white for the most part, um, up until you get to Bewitched. Um, but seeing the set in color was really amazing. It also took Morticia two hours to get into that costume. Every, like, every day? There was Velcro involved for, like, the bottom, and there was a whole thing. I just really like Lily Munster and Morticia Adams because they have so much personality. Um, and that's where I think we really start to see this kind of transition into, obviously, like, <laughs> I don't know that uh, the Munsters or, Mor- or Adams family was uh, representative of what was going on culturally, <laughs> unless everyone was just like a witch or a vampire. But they started to, like, they were actual women who had, you know— sexual feelings. I don't think the uh, Adams Family people had twin beds. Maybe they did. Did we ever see them? Probably just didn't see their bed. Probably. It's probably smart. Um, If they're not kissing on the lips, we're probably not seeing their their bed. Um, But now we're kind of like a little bit more representative of like what women are outside of just being a mom. And then Bewitched takes it a step further and introduces the mother-in-law. And Dora. Because, sure, Samantha Stevens is a witch, and then she later has Tabitha. Mm-hmm. But Endora's there from the beginning. Literally the pilot, like, as Samantha's three. mom. Mm-hmm. And she's the best character. Well, maybe Arthur, but yeah. it's different. So the thing about Endora, you're right. So she's in the pilot you sent me the other day. She literally shows up three minutes in. And... Right from the start. She's a troublemaker. She's antagonistic. She's bright. She's so glamorous, like over the top, where Samantha is like pretty. She wants to be normal. She wants to be normal. She doesn't want to be a witch. Or she she likes being a witch, but she doesn't want people to know. Like when she and Darren get married, he doesn't know that Samantha is a witch. And Tabitha's like, or Tabitha, and Dora's like, I'll take care of this. Like, we can have him break his arm. And she's like, no, mom, like, I like this guy. Um, and I just like the dynamic of, you know, mother-daughter where Andorra is kind of like the pot stirrer. Yeah, in the entire series, she's a major pain in the ass. Uh-huh. Including when Tabitha is born, which I have a clip of. Well, how does she look? Absolutely adorable. Yeah. Talented, too. Talented? Yes. With the most marvelous sense of humor. Humor. 
The babies? But I thought it was just too funny. When the doctor slapped her to make her cry, and she turned around and slapped him right back. Really? No. No, I was just teasing. You know, Endora, sometimes you can be almost human. This is no time to be insulting. Such a pain in the ass, and I love her so much. Her eye makeup was always so on point. Like, she very, very drag, early drag queen. Early, looks. early Realness. drag queens, a lot of great wigs. Um, and she's always just like a thorn in Darren's side all the time, and Samantha's for sure, too. But she was just fun, and she was a fun mom that fiercely cared about her daughter, but like didn't care. Do you think? If people These like characters her. were all supernatural because mothers and, like, real women weren't allowed to be fun. But they were like, you know what will be fun? A witch. She can do what she wants. You know, that's a really great question. Um, and so that's almost then, like, it's aspirational in a different way. Yeah. Where you had moms in the 50s where it was like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could have my life together in the same way that Donna Reed and June Cleaver do. But now it's almost like, ugh, I wish I could be as free and— loudmouth and antagonistic as Endora is and just like not care what people say. Yeah. That's a good think about it. I'm I'm thinking about it. Got it got very got very real there for a second. Um and we would be remiss to talk about, you know, moms of the sixties without mentioning Carol Brady. Florence Henderson, you know, though she was a stay at home mom, she really became this icon of motherhood and kind of moms in the sixties. T V mom, I think. Arguably, June. arguably the TV mom, but we're gonna save, we're gonna save Florence. We're, we're gonna, gonna flow into Florence. We're gonna flow into for Florence. our next episode. Yes, because the Brady Bunch started in '69, but it it really goes into the '70s. Majority into the '70s. Um, so we'll talk about Carol Brady next time. Don't think so, we don't know. So we talked about moms of the '50s and '60s being played by women in the '50s and '60s. Mm-hmm. So what about some of our favorite rerun moms? That's a rerun mom. (laughs) Don't question me. (laughs) It's a mom, obviously, who was portrayed. Is that right? Portrayed. Portrayed. Did not want to come out of my Uh mouth. Yes. In the past, but played in the present. Or current past. Examples. (laughs) (laughs) That's very confusing. Two perfect examples for the 50s and 60s. Okay. Norma Arnold. The Wonder Years. Love. Mm-hmm. Betty Draper, Mad Men. Love to hate. Okay, so basically, were these women actually fair representations of moms in the 50s and 60s, even though the shows were created much later? Yeah? I would say so. so. Yeah? I'd okay. say they do a pretty good job. So what about Norma? So Norma's is is almost like 60s, late 60s, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. During, like, the Vietnam War. Yes, which becomes a really big kind of subplot of the Wonder Years. Yes. She's always the peacekeeper. She's, like, always listening and caring. I think she's one of my favorite TV moms. Really? Why do you say that? Maybe just because it's something I watched as a kid, but Mm -hmm. she—I found her, like, comforting. She Mm -hmm. seemed like someone I—even though it was in the 60s, someone I would see, like— working or volunteering at our school, like a stay-at-home mom that would help out. Yeah. She's just super kind. She probably made really great cookies. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. like, Paul gets a crush on her. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Yeah. She's so lovable, you guys. 
But then she starts to kind of break out on her own. She takes a pottery class. Yeah. Which gets no attention, and that's a problem. But then she ends up going to community college, too. So she does break away from that stay-at-home mom stereotype. Yeah, which is probably a little bit reflective of, like, what was going on with the women's movement. Exactly. And obviously and I, her daughter— I was going to say mm-hmm. Karen yeah, probably she, had a big impact on that. Yeah, very politically active and very and her, motivated. And her husband, Ross Geller. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, so, Betty Draper, did you watch Mad Men? Not yet. Oh, oh my no. God. Okay. So, Betty is probably one of the most, like, love-to-hate characters on television. Um, and the thing about Mad Men, Mad Men starts in 1959, and it goes from then to, like, 1969 in the show. And essentially— I think Betty is actually a pretty good representation of of a late 50s, early 60s mom. However, she, like, missed the caregiver gene, right? So I think there was probably a large portion of women who felt this way. So it was, like, a true side. Yeah. She, you know, I think every woman, for the most part, was, like, here's your blueprint, right? You, you know, graduate from high school, you can maybe go to college, but the reason you're going to college is to find a husband and then, you know, get your MRS degree. What major is that? It's your MRS degree. Um, And then you find your husband, you get married, you have kids, you, you know, stay like that for the next 50 years and then you die. Like that's, that was kind of the blueprint for everybody and there wasn't much else. And I think Betty did this. You know, she's incredibly beautiful. She came from a very good family, like, but she always wanted more. And she kind of was always struggling against that, you know, expectation of what she should be as a mom, because it just wasn't in her natural disposition. And there's a great, uh, there's a great scene where it's actually with her second husband she's talking about. She's like, why do my children hate me? And he motions to the baby. And he's like, well, but there's, you know, baby Jean. And she just says, it's only a matter of time. Ooh, like she knows, she knows that she doesn't have it, but she also knows that there's nothing else really that she can do. And it's a little bit of that June Cleaver thing, right, where it's like things are changing, but I don't get to benefit from it. Right. Um, and January Jones, who plays Betty Draper, is, I mean, she's Ice Princess Deluxe in in the show. And it's I think it's good. I think it it was um, a good kind of conversation piece because it is this dichotomy to like you had all of these like picture perfect moms on television and Betty wasn't that. Maybe she was on the surface, like very put right. together, pearls, hair, the whole thing, but she was not a good mom. And I think there were probably a lot of women like that in the 50s and 60s who just were like, I don't, this wasn't what I wanted, but I don't have any other that would options. Have been me. <laughs> You would have been Betty Draper? Yeah. Um, You could pull it off. You love a good – she likes a good headband. Mm. You could do that. Um, So I feel like we set the stage? I think so. Next week we'll discuss moms of the 70s and 80s and how dramatically or Or not not. (laughs) things began to change and how moms are represented. On TV. Yeah. So – until next time, guys, as always, you know, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, we'd love that. Write a review, maybe, yeah. for funsies. Review. Guys, we're at 29 reviews. We'd love to get to a round number. I'm weird like that. Yeah. That would be helpful. Thank you. Um, really, we'd really appreciate it. And, you know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. All over the place. So we're everywhere. Michelle Branch. Oh, no. Is that's going to be in your head? Yeah. Maren's had Moana music stuck in her head all day. Yep. All 
day. She long. will not stop whistling in the office. Nope. Um, but now I'm Michelle Branch. So thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. All right, guys. Until next Friday. Bye. Bye.